Welcome back to another episode of the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host. I forgot my what I was going to say. <laughs> your name's Evan. I know. <laughs> I was, I, I was getting, we've changed team names so many times at this point, I get confused. Uh, Mudgear Hannibal Race Pro Team is what I was going to say. And Strength and Speed Owner Evan Preparis. That's what I was going to say. And joining me, already interrupting, I got Rachel. Rachel, say hi. Hi, it's Rachel Waters. And yeah. I'm a Hannibal... Mud your Hannibal race pro team athlete as well. Um, happy to be here. Yeah. Before we get to this, what uh, this week's episode is all about, let's talk about today's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Yolt. Yolt is a fertilized egg yolk powder. They've been given out at Savage Race. Uh, I've been using them for a couple of years. Tastes great. Clinical trials show three times the muscle growth. And if you use the code STRENGTH20, you save 20% off every order from yolk.com. Rachel, I know you just got a shipment of yolk in. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I love yolk because um, I love that it's, you know, and I love the packs that they give me so I can easily bring it to the gym. I can travel with it, um, mix it up pretty easily. I also love how low sugar it is Mm -hmm. and the ingredients are simple. Um, It's yolk powder, you know, one preservative because you have to and that's it. So it's not a bunch of crap in there. So I just love having um, a clean protein source that's, um, you know, easy to take on the go and actually tastes good. Sounds good. Yeah. And that code is again is strength 20 and it'll give you 20% off yolk.com. All right, let's get to what today's episode is all about. So we're doing like an OCR catch up episode because there's a bunch of like small races that I've done over the last couple of months that I wanted to talk about. I know Rachel's been busy as well. Uh, so this episode, we're just going to kind of talk about some of the races we've done. Uh, for me specifically, I'm going to be talking about Texahoma's hellish obstacle run Thor. I'm going to be talking about um, rugged maniac, Oklahoma city and I'm going to be talking about Wichita Gladiator Dash. And Rachel is going to be covering some of Savage Point series. And she's going to be talking about some of the Spartans she's done and some of the other hybrid events she's done. So uh, we'll kind of jump around quickly from topic to topic, spend a couple minutes on each, and kind of give you a rundown in case that's something you want to add to your calendar. So I'm going to start off with Texahoma's Hellish Obstacle Run. And one of the first questions people always ask me is, like, how do I keep finding all these, like, local, unique, nuanced brands and the answer is simple. It's OCR Buddy, right? So that's what, whenever someone starts getting into obstacle course racing, it's the very Yeah, love OCR Buddy. You can pick your date or search by a location. Um, like sometimes I have a free race weekend, right? And just plug it in and say, what are my choices? You can find some really cool events. Yeah, and there's other times like for work, I'll be on the opposite side of the country. And it's like, well, I didn't bother to check what what races were available in that area. So like you can, put, again, put in that race weekend, put in like the distance from where you're going to be. And it'll auto search for like races in that area. So I found a uh, Texahoma's hellish obstacle course run. It is in northern Texas, and I stayed at my friend Daniel Leonard's place, who did OCR Everest with me last year on the way down. So like I drove a couple hours, stayed there the night. Another another benefit of being on a team and having like an, a wider obstacle course racing community. And then I drove down a couple more hours for the morning of the race, ran the race, and then drove back. Actually, got to meet up with one of my squad leaders. We hadn't seen in probably a dozen years from the military and uh you know local brand so it was it was uh the course was super cool is because it was uh, kind of through a park so there's plenty of parking in the area and then they used a lot of like the dirt bike track so you got to run out of like the course was very well marked because it was worn from all the dirt bikes and like there are a couple of sections that you actually there's all these like wooden planks that you actually had to run through um and then the ending gauntlet was pretty cool where it was like you know, wall into an ice bath, into over under walls, into low crawl, into like 
more over under is kind of like this like 50 meter gauntlet of like all obstacles so um that was with it being on a bike dirt bike i bet that was like some steep even if you're not in a mountain i bet was that terrain um like steep sections uh not too many it was a lot of like short choppy uphills uh quick downhills um so it wasn't too bad and they did a good job like I think one of the problems with dirt bike trails is, again, it's it's meant for a dirt bike, so it's like one to maybe two bikes wide. And they did a good job of like taking us through a big field first, uh, which allowed the field to spread out a little bit before they it kind of went into the bike path, and then it really narrowed. Um, what was the distance? It was a the... 5K. It was a 5K, yeah. That sounds, that sounds fun. Yeah, and, you know, the these these smaller races, typically the – um, prizes are not as big and typically the, but the entry cost is also typically not as big, right? So the, uh, you know, you pay a lot lower. Um, there's usually a lot <laughs> less complex obstacles, but there's also, as I've talked about before, there's like, you know, there's no limit. They can do whatever they want. They don't have to go through some like lengthy, um, you know, regulatory process with the brand and have a board meeting. They're just like, as they're building the course, they're like, well, why don't we do have them do this? Okay. Ooh, let's put this in there. You know, this makes it a little harder. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Um, so the, the race went well for me. I was uh, sitting in third and fourth for most of the race. And then I moved into uh, moved third. And then I eventually moved into second before the end. And they couldn't catch the first place guy. But it was uh, it was fun. It was fast. And um, the I ended up rerunning the course and doing some coverage for OCR Buddy and got like some uh, pictures of all the obstacles. They had like a slip and slide down a hill, which is kind of fun, um, into like a bunch of hay bales. So then you get up and you keep running. So overall, it's a good event. And the uh, the podium prizes, so for first and second, uh, they only did podium prizes too deep, which is kind of weird, but, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, the podium prizes was like this giant metal hammer trophy. So it looks like okay. yeah, it looks like Thor's hammer, but it's like a, you know, <laughs> it's, like a it's like a metal trophy. Um, it's pretty cool. So, uh Got to take that home. And then after the race, the third place guy is talking to the first place guy. And he's like, yeah, it was uh, – he's like, I knew I recognized you yeah, to, to third to first. He's like, yeah, we went to high school together. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. There's a talk. And they're like, yeah, but we graduated like back in like 2016. And I was like, oh. It's like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm so old. It's like, hey, hey, I still out there kicking butt, though. <laughs> you just have more years of experience. That's all. Yeah, it was like 2016. It was like, oh, my goodness. So, um, that is young. I still had it in me, but uh, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I was, You know, a lot of these smaller races sometimes are like on the outer edge of my driving limit. So I think that one was like six hours for me. Um, and typically, if it's that far, I'll, I'll make the trip once, kind of check it off the bucket list there. And, um, you know, if it was closer, I would do it again. I Yeah. I guess I, I probably will not do that again just because just cause of the distance. And, uh, again, I like kind of seeing what else is out there and finding these, like, hidden gems like Mythic Race or uh, OCR Massacre, you know, those kind of, like, hidden gems, like, yeah. really technical obstacles. So I think this is great for people who want – maybe people who are new to the sport and want a little bit of that obstacle course feel without a lot of, like, the super technical obstacles because there was – yeah, or a really long distance, like, um, you know, six, I'm sorry, my dogs are parking, I'm just gonna have to, like, close them out of here, but, um, yeah, I mean, because sometimes some of the races um, don't offer, you know, I think I heard, like, Tough Mudder's going to just, like, the 15k or whatever, so. Right, they're getting um, rid of the 5 and 10 next year, yeah. Yeah, so it really does, like, open up, you know, a good opportunity, but, you know, hey, maybe I'll, um, maybe I'll find myself there one day. Yeah. 
And I mean, Spartan, you know, Spartan obviously still has their 5K sprint distance, but it's, yep. you know, I'm, you, you'd be able to speak more on this, but I know like a lot of their courses are on mountains and, you know, getting someone new into OCR who's like, all right, let's run up a mountain now. And they're like, eh, well, yeah, in that, that price point you talked about, you know, sometimes these uh, local races have, you know, cheaper builds. So they're able to, you know, offer a registration price that um, if somebody's on the fence about, you know, they may be more willing to do it if they're, you know, not, not spending as much. Um, so. Yeah. And I, the other thing I liked about it, it was like, again, he, when you talk about newer people entering the sport, sometimes it's like, oh yeah, it's in, you know, insert city name, but it's really 45 minutes outside that city. This one yeah. was in Wichita Falls. Like I was, <laughs> I was got off the, <laughs> I got off the exit to Wichita Falls and like took a right, drove a mile and like pulled into a park. And there I was. That's nice. Yeah, that's that's like the low bar expectation. Like, is the race where it says it is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a fun one, uh, Rachel. Give me a, give me one that you've been doing recently. Want to talk about? Um. Yeah. Well, I you know this year I've been pretty busy. It's like crazy. I finally am home I, right now this weekend. So I feel like you race I, every weekend. For, I have like the past like I was looking in the past like. 17 weekends I think I've traveled and competed in 12 of them or something it's just been it's been amazing but it's like a whirlwind so it's nice to kind of stop and sit and be like wait a minute what have I been doing um but hey we'll talk about a race not being where it says it is um I really haven't been doing many Spartan races this year um and so I stopped in on what was called it was very confusing so it was called Cincinnati um Spartan but it was actually in Indiana, but I stayed in Kentucky. So um, it was just, you know, kind of a b- bizarre spot, but it was about an hour outside of um, Cincinnati. And I hadn't really stopped in in a Spartan this year. I think it was my second one. So um, I did their Beast and their Super. Um, had a great time. The Beast was a lot more technical than I think uh, a lot of people thought it was going to be. Um, I think it was a new venue for a Spartan Ohio. And so we were expecting rolling hills and this thing had about 36 to 3,700 feet of climbing in the beast. Um, you know, and it was just a, a lot of steep, um, steep climbs, but they did a great job putting us through technical rocks. Um, you know, your traditional Spartan obstacles. I don't, I don't know. When's the last time you've done a Spartan, Evan? Oh, it's been a couple of years. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. I mean, they really haven't um, changed a lot of the stuff, but this was, you know, a race where there were penalty loops. Um, so really kind of seeing that in competition because I've done some races where they had substituted like some, but I really haven't done many since they did this whole new model, right? Where there's no burpees. Um, but they, they had their traditional obstacles. Um, they had an Olympus right at the beginning um, beater, which is kind of like monkey bars with like a spinning egg beater, um, yeah. apparatus that kind of has you know um, their monkey bars now one thing i did notice this year is they have changed their z wall which is kind of your traditional horizontal climbing wall um they made it longer so it has like another corner um but instead of just being the traditional grips which were like the wooden blocks um it starts where you have to like hold these little ropes as your grip to get around the first wall section, you turn a corner and you've got the climbing grips. And then the last bit is almost like half monkey bars uh, with no footholds. 
So it's really three different types of grip on the one obstacle now. So you start with the ropes, you go to just the climbing grips, and then you move to these monkey bar things um, until you hit the bell. Mm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, with the, you know, that- I know, I know you're a fan of mandatory completion, um, but yeah, you know, with them switching from burpees to more penalty loops, what's your kind of take on that? You know, is it, is it take just as much time or is it now like, are we giving even more an advantage to like pure runners? What's your, what's your thoughts? I, I mean, I, as somebody I've been doing elite Spartans for, you know, seven or eight years. So, I mean, I think I have a pretty good measure of like how, how burpees and penalty loops, if they would be even right. Cause I've done enough burpee yeah. sets and seen other females do them right to kind of understand the average time it takes. And I would definitely say that um, it is, moving more in favor of, of the runner for sure yeah. uh, over burpees. I mean, I understand, um, you know, I like mandatory completion because, you know, you put the obstacle and obstacle course racing when you make people have to do them. But um, I understand with Spartans numbers, um, you know, having elites out there all day or even for a time cutoff, retrying obstacles, could become very crowded very quickly, mm-hmm. um, especially when you consider the numbers that are in age group um, and, you know, applying those rules. So, you know, I understand why as a business, they have to kind of do what they do. Um, I think that, you know, I, I don't disagree with, with maybe that because of, you know, when you've got 6,000 people going through a course on a Saturday, there's just not enough space for these, you know, elite yeah. and age groupers to, to, pool and hang out and, and have people fighting over the retry lanes. But, um, but I will say that I, it is disappointing for me to see the transition because I actually didn't mind the burpee penalty. Um, I thought that 30 burpees put enough time and wear on somebody that it would generally even out. Uh, yeah. but the and penalty as a pure looks- runner, if you're going to do burpees yeah. again, you're, you probably don't have the physical upper body strength. So that movement is going to jack your heart rate still. Exactly. And just the, the time that it would take and then the to time, do right. the burpees versus the like short duration of some of these penalty loops that, mm-hmm. you know, now I would love to see if maybe they would put a carry on the penalty loop or like a yeah. low crawl, like you still have to do an obstacle. Like I would love to see them. They had Spartan had done that um, at their 20, the last 24 hour championship they did in Telluride. I believe that was 2021. Um, I liked that on the penalty loops, they put like buckets and sandbags. I think that that could help, but my opinion And that makes is that sense because pen- it's not like you're building a whole new obstacle. It's just like, I just throw no, a bunch of logs a or a bunch of sandbags or, yeah, you know, I, or maybe, I, I string you up know. some engineer tape or, you know, wire or whatever. Yeah. If they can't do, if somebody can't do an obstacle, make them do a different obstacle with some extra running. Like, you know, put yeah. like, whether that be a carry or again, like, put like a, a wall a, a wall on your penalty i mean carries are the easiest thing you just literally need a bag of or a pile of anything <laughs> and make people carry it um I, I remember at one of the toughest mutters like we got to funky monkey i'm there's a guy who's faster than me right so he's and we're i mean we're both finishing the top 10 right so he passes me coming up to the monkey bars he falls in the water immediately at the monkey bars i go across he goes into the penalty loop um we both come out i come out ahead you know maybe by 50 feet but my heart rate is is you know pounding because yep. I just did a very strenuous obstacle after like nine hours of running, and he just kind of keeps on cruising, you know, like. And I was like, that is, you know, the penalty was the better option, especially if you're a runner because you again your heart rate just stays level. 
Um, yeah. And, but I mean, again, I just don't, that, I just don't like it. <laughs> no, because I mean, Olympus is, you know, on a dry day, Olympus can be easier, but I mean, there's a lot of races where everyone's falling off Olympus and like the grip and time it takes to get across that, especially for a lot of the women, you, you know, you'll see women come like touch the wall, do the penalty loop. And they finish the penalty loop and I'm still on Olympus, but I do it and I'm all blown up in my heart where, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm seeing red because it was so hard or whatever. So, I mean, it's, it's a balance, but I, I did enjoy the Spartan. It was nice to be in that community. I hadn't, you know, been out there's, you know, different racers and I'm not in Ohio all the time either. So, um, you know, I think, I, I do think they do a good job. You know, I, they, they're organized. Um, you know, I might not like the way that their elite racing is going, but, yeah. um, you know, I still had a great time and you'll still see me out on Spartan courses. Um, you know, just depending on what my, my schedule is and, you know, what I'm prioritizing as a competition, but, um, the Spartan Ohio, the Cincinnati beast and super were awesome. Um, the course was really fun. Everybody finished it thinking, man, that was so much more brutal than I thought it would be. And I think that that's the indicator of a good Spartan race, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> so, I like what you um, said what about considerations on a bit, the business side about, you know, mandatory completion, but I would argue, you know, for age group. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Again, you, you can't have the course getting that backed up. Um, because you're, again, you're, you're putting significantly more numbers than something like an OCRWC through the course on that single day. Uh, but I would say for the elite, just making mandatory completion, right? I mean, I, I mean, I've been looking at some of the Spartan results online. Like the OCR report does a great job of putting out uh, results. And a lot of times, like the females, like they don't even for the elite females, the the depth is just not there. There's like not even no, like some there's of not them even like ten people. The, yeah, but the problem is when you then compare your like time to the age group, there's like no point. Like I'll look at my time compared to age group, but I'm like blowing my age group out of the water. So it's not like I can even if I want to race more bodies, you know, go down into age group because then I'm no, I not racing, that, no. you know, racing anybody. But now they've just started putting, I just raced the men because they've started now with the, both the men and elite men and women's are lower. So they've been, um, they started us together, um, on both days in Cincinnati, which I liked, um, cause now I have men to race. Mm. Um, and it's not just, you know, but yeah, some of the uh, elite women's fields are low, but when you take prize money off, um, you know, it, it, people, athletes can't afford it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I still had a great time. It was a uh, fun to kind of get, get a Spartan in and, you know, do that. It was a great workout, got some solid running in and it definitely kicked my butt. So yeah. that was kind of just one I wanted to mention because that was, um, the only Spartan I'd really done recently. So I thought it was worth talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, they, you know, you mentioned prize money and I, we, we were in the pro team. We have like a pro team where we have a discussion on the side where we just kind of coordinate, uh, you know, posts and activities and races and sending uh, product and stuff like that. Then I, I'd asked about prize money in Spartan. And I guess there's only prize money at the national series now and the, essentially the North American championships, world championships slash trifecta championships. Correct. Is that correct? Yeah. Just their, um, their championship races but yeah, for which, the elite yeah which seems crazy to me i mean it, it feels like i mean it's definitely a lower point in the sport than it was a couple of years ago i mean that i think that, sure. much is, that much is sure um and again we do through this every couple of years where it's like all right is this is this the new normal or are we just like at a lull or are we is it we leveling out so um, i don't know but the athletes are still showing up i mean i know we said like 
you know, the numbers are maybe a little lower here and there, like, but I mean, I'm still going and racing every time I go somewhere, sure. you know, so it's nice to see that um, athletes are still showing up um, yeah. and that, you know, Savage also put a point series out, which was cool because it used to be just your only option really was Spartan, right. um, you know, so that's been been cool to um, yeah. kind of watch them grow into year two with that. Yeah. So for me personally, I make I usually make a little bit of money each year off prize money, but I actually make more off of sponsors slash perks slash books slash etc right like i get um that that's how i make more money in obstacle course racing than pure prize money which requires a little bit more work because it's not it's not one for one right where it's like i do x and i immediately get y it's more like i do x build my brand and then you know oh it's work i mean like like maintaining social media talking to people because i'm I'm in i'm in the same boat as you you know prize money is not really what's you know it's able to keep keep me rolling and racing it's having to do the work outside of it to build opportunities and it's an everyday job you know when you're when you're at events um it's it's like work um and you have to conduct yourself like you're self-employed yeah um, you know looking for trying to sniff out opportunities in a in a dwindling <laughs> sports environment you know yeah so, you know, speaking of prize money, I was in a, one of the, fa- you know, I mean, everyone's in like a dozen OCR Facebook groups, right? So one of the face yeah. group, groups I was in, because this is going to lead me talking into the next, one of the next races I wanted to mention, was someone posted like, is Rugged Maniac competitive or is it just like a mud run? And I thought it was a really funny question. So Rugged Maniac, if, you, if you're not tracking, does have an elite heat and people do show up to race. And, uh, you know, it's depending on where you are, it can be very, very fast. Uh in the Midwest, we tend not to have like I'm in the Spartan black hole. So, out of if I drive seven hours, um, I think I hit somewhere between zero and one Spartan races from my location. Um, yeah, because I think S- St. Louis used to have like a stadium race. I don't think they do it anymore. I'm not 100 positive, uh, but so seven hours for me, I will hit somewhere between zero and one races, which means the, for the bigger for the national quote unquote national brands. Like Rugged Maniac and Tough Mudder, like the two that come into like our bubble, and and that's essentially it. Um, and Rugged Maniac, I, I was laughing because someone asked like, "Well, is Rugged Maniac competitive?" And it's like, well, I mean, the prize the prizes are actually better than Spartan at this point, which sounds yeah. ludicrous. I mean, besides the national series, right? Spartan national series, absolutely better prizes, absolutely right. But at a Rugged Maniac, you get on the podium, you get a free race. You get forty dollars in essentially rugged bucks, which is like forty dollars in merch, merchandise credit, right? So that equals, you know, depending on when you'd sign up for the rugged maniac, you know, somewhere between, you know, cumulative value somewhere between one hundred and like one hundred forty bucks for um, getting on the podium. So uh, I went to the rugged maniac Oklahoma City. It's run at a horse racing track. This is the third year in a row I've done it, and um, of course my teammates show up. So I was like, oh. We- there goes the easy race, you know, freaking Ashton Abram shows up, um, who came in second last year and our third last year. And then, uh, and he's won it before, um, uh, Kendall showed up, uh, one of our Ninja, Ninja warrior course, course testers who's actually contesting. This oh, you guys Warrior. had a race. <laughs> uh, Thomas plus showed up. So, uh, my teammate again, who's, uh, t- has in the last couple of years, he's, he's usually ahead of me. And then uh, Scott Lurg showed up, who won it the last, like, two or three years. And then, there was, you know, there's always a couple of, you know, especially with the obstacles not being super technical, there's always a couple of, uh, you know, unknowns in the crowd who are who, who start out fast. So 
It was fun. It was flat course. Um, they moved some of the obstacles around from previous years, which is always a nice touch. Um, they have inflatables on course again, which some people make it seem not serious, but I love the inflatable obstacles. You can, cause you can just like, I'll climb to an inflatable obstacle and just like catapult myself off the top with like no regard <laughs> for safety. It is so much fun. Like I, what, I, I want OCRWC. I want OCRWC to put an inflatable, like an inflatable. <laughs> like right near the finish line. Cause you, you would see some epic like tosses off the top like a blob or whatever like a big wall you have to like like i remember like davy jones locker the sabotage we'd like jump into a pool it's like you have to jump off a um platform under like a big inflatable blob like well yeah. you could probably send an email evan i'm sure they take requests yeah so rugged maniac has a, essentially it is a it's like a giant uh kids inflatable right like you climb up a you know 15 foot incline and then you like go down a slightly steeper incline onto a flat area right and so like I got I got pictures. I I did some OCR buddy coverage of like somebody doing a flip off the top and just kind of bouncing. Um, so it was fun. I was in fourth for almost the entire race. Uh, uh, Kim Welch, one of my strength and speed teammates, was ahead of me, and uh, I was like, I mean, my heart rate was pegged. And then uh, we hit Barzan, which is their they're like I'd say their one fallible obstacle. It's like s- swinging uh, kind of thick metal beams. Um, that, you know, if it's a little bit muddy, it's a little hard to hold on to. Um, and I kind of caught up to him there, hit a couple more obstacles. We were kind of running side by side. And then with like a half mile left, I turned on the, everything I had. And, uh, so you're one of those, like, soul, you're one of those soul crushers that like, you're kind of yes. like me where you might kind of sit in like the fourth, fifth spot. And then in that last 20%, when everybody else poops out, you're just like, Oh, I start, I'm starting to finally feel good. And you just turn it on. A hundred percent. So that, that's the way I used to run when I would ran road races. So I've, st- I've definitely taken a lot of that over to obstacle course. Yeah. When I do, oh yeah. When I do, I do it less so now on the roads, just cause I feel like I'm getting old and older and tired, but on treadmills, when I do treadmill runs, I usually start slow and I will just keep upping the pace. Me too. And you until you're like in a sprint at the finish. Correct. So like, especially, yeah. you know, treadmill runs are usually shorter. Um, you know, for me, it's, three to six miles usually on a trip if i'm doing a treadmill run um but if you're doing progressive tra- progressive pace your body gets used to that like all right now i'm yeah. turning it up now i'm turning it up now i'm turning it up and then i feel like on race day you're more able to kind of be like you know as opposed to being like oh i'm almost at the end i better dial it down and race day you can be like oh i've done this before in training let's, oh. let's blow it out so yeah, that's the exact way that I train, and it actually really pays off well for me in um, in, in savage races um, because a lot of those are um, like obstacle heavy in the back, yeah. and so when you know that's when really people are starting to break down. Um, you know, my body is still ready to go because I'm used to going my hardest in the last like you know twenty percent of a race or even a training session. Um, but I'm sometimes a little slow out of the gate, you know, cause I take a little longer to kind of get warmed up and men- mentally, you know, same. I'll tell a story about that. Uh, when we get to my last race, uh, one more quick thing about a rugged or two more quick things about rugged Oklahoma city. So, uh, we show up and it's the weather forecast is showing rain and lightning all day. And I was like, damn it. I was like, oh, we're going to be here forever. Um, but they did a really good job of like. Uh, keeping people informed and we were waiting in our cars and then it looked like there was a break in the weather. So they, they got everyone ready to start. Um, it actually ended up being a beautiful day. It was sunny all day, but it had rained all morning and they have an obstacle. That's a combination of, if you know, tough mutters cage crawl, 
Um, yes. Yeah, essentially, it's a cage laying on the ground, and you, you go under, on, you're in a pit of water, oh, and just like your face must is have been flooded. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a combination of that and a Arctic animal or ice bath, or date, right? So, like, oh my God. So they'd thrown ice in there, um, and it, it had rained, and the water was so high that so Ashton and Scott going first. And Ashton is like, I talked to him after the race. He's like, I was literally panicking. He has like, I almost came back out. He's like, yes. I was squeezing my my lips between the bars trying to get air. And I'm like just laughing at him afterwards. And it, it, it must have messed him up because he was, Ashton's faster than me by a good amount. So he was ahead of me. And I closed the gap to within, I think, 15 seconds. Because he had a near-death, ex- that literally happened to me at my first World's Toughest Mudder. And they had just opened cage crawl because they like open them progressively and they had overfilled it. So I was in the first like group of people to go into it. And we all panicked. People stood up and pushed the gate off because it was like literally to the point where like the, the gate was like underwater. And you're like what you're saying, we're asking, you're like putting your lips up in between the graded gate. Yep. To, like, I mean, like I, I can relate to Ashton. It was absolutely terrifying, you know, <laughs> but that's a. Uh, that is a really that's a dangerous scare. They put ice in it too. Yeah. Oh my god. Poor I didn't even notice. I crossed the finish line and the guy's like, How was the ice obstacle? And I was like, literally no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, because like my body is so hot and I'm so I in love the zone. Ice. I love the ice ones. Like, like I don't even I don't I don't know. Like I'm just doing <laughs> no. whatever you throw in front of me, I'm just gonna do it and I don't care, right? So it was funny because he, he's asking me about it afterwards and I was like, literally no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> That's pretty good. You missed um, that. Yeah, but it, it was it was good, and uh, you know th- that's again the elites sh- should have a slightly harder course. Um, and I was you know if we want to make people panic, and obstacle course racing is about overcoming fears. I'm I'm down for it. I'm down <laughs> Let's for drown it. everybody. <laughs> and, I, and if it helps me catch Ashton, then I'm even more down for it. So, um, God, yeah. And uh, what's it call it? Uh, my, my wife won her. What are we on nine sign holding sign hoisting championships? It was. So the 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 it's funny is the announcers at Rugged Maniac are finally starting to recognize her. So like they'll be like, "Oh, we got a returning champion here." It's like undefeated champion is what you meant to say. <laughs> but um and it's it's pretty funny. I, I live stream it off my Facebook and uh, you did know, you like, say more people cared about your like did you say you got more viewers? Yeah, the, the uh <laughs> it was uh was it last year you know, the year before, two years ago, I won Rugged Maniac so my first I've been on the podium a couple times maybe four or five times. And I, for the first time, I, I came in first on a rugged maniac, and I posted it, and people were like, you know, I don't remember, it's like 120 likes or whatever, whatever it was, I don't remember. And then I posted a separate picture of like my wife winning the Stein hoisting champion, uh, you know, the championship there, and she had like 200 or something. It was like, <laughs> like, yeah, that's about right. We're like, ah, yeah, who cares about? It? So the running joke is, we go to rugged maniac for the Stein hoisting competition, and on the side, I run an obstacle course for him. <laughs> That's great. I so, mean, she probably gets a better prize holding a stein than we do running sport races. So some what uh not all sometimes she does actually. I had to. Some, well, you usually get a free race. Um that's pretty Dang, standard drug maniac. But they change what you get as far as merchandise credit. So sometimes we've gotten like okay. twenty or ten bucks, and then other times it's forty. So like, past merch credit's great because it's also like promoting for them. Like I would Correct. love it if a race like Martin gave me a free entry and like some merch credit. I'd be, I'd march my butt straight to the merch tent and pick out something awesome. Because I don't, yeah. I, and it's, 
It's so and you're wearing their brand, you know. Exactly, it, and it's it's essentially low cost, right? It doesn't cost them anything per se yeah. to give you a race entry. Like the wholesale. So yeah. that that's a great one, and then merchandise credit, like you were saying, it's free advertising, especially you know you I start wearing a rugged maniac hat, and people are like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's an obstacle course race. Oh, how'd you do first or whatever, you know? Yeah, I I won this hat because of my prize money, you know. Um, so I, I we won this year. We bought a it's a backpack that's like a cooler. So you can put oh, like, that's cool. beers in it or not, not beers for me, not but beer. like Gatorade or water. waters, apple juice. Yeah. Apple, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's cool. um, jump back over to you. Oh, I, I am. So I am. Th- I haven't told my wife this. I, I was going to surprise her. I think I'm going to buy her a championship belt, like a rugged maniac championship belt and give it to her at the next time she wins Stein hoisting. Does she, does she drink beer? She does not drink beer. I was going to say you should get her an engraved Stein. So we run it. So we, with the merchandise credit, we bought a Stein once. Okay. So we we okay. have like a championship. They're like, like, like a, like a wrestling belt. Yeah. Like, so like there's a couple of companies that make it. So yes, I'm, uh, you totally do that. I'm thinking about yeah. doing that. And then like literally like keeping it in my bag and just surprising her on stage. So That'd be, I, I love that idea. Well, yeah, I think that's a great idea. I'm debating whether I just pay for it all myself or like, I kind of want to ask people like to donate. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily want the money, but I want people to be like, you know, 50 people from the OCR community donated, you know, 10 cents a dollar like or to, whatever. Yeah. Just to give her like the, the behind it, like the, not just her husband. Right. Like, right, the, right, right. You know, I like think I might, I think I might do that. So if you're on my, if you follow my social media, look out for that. I'm a, I might, uh, I might post that. And hey, just send rugged, send rugged maniac an email. Yeah. Well, that's a good idea too. They might check their emails. Who knows? <laughs> like, so, all race companies don't, but they might, you know, yeah. they might, they're a small company. Send them, they might think it's great. They'd probably love to like, you know, be a part of it. Yeah. All right. Let's jump over for you for Savage. Yeah. We'll talk about the Savage series. Cause that's kind of the big thing I've been, been doing this year. Um, really enjoyed that. I've done, there's, you know, just a quick overview for anyone that doesn't know, there's seven races um, throughout the year for Savage race at different locations. Um, of the seven, only one of the locations is mandatory, and that's the last race in November in Florida, in Dade City, Florida. So before that, there are six races available, and they'll take your top four. Um, so you could only do four, you know, and, and work with those. If you do five or six, they'll drop, you know, whatever your lowest is. So everybody ends up with four races, and then the fifth would be that final one um, down in Florida. So we've had Four of the races so far um, of the six that, you know, are droppable. Um, and then we've got Dade City. So I've been really enjoying that. Um, you know, I will say I may not always, like, win everything. But, boy, like, am I consistent because. Um, That's what I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, I, I can't even budge from my spot, which is a great spot. I've gotten um, four fifth places now, which um, really I've been kind of surprised and happy with because when I've been stepping up at each of those they had uh, Atlanta was the first and um, then they did Gainesville Florida and then uh, Maryland and then most recently Ohio Um, so you know when I've kind of stepped up the line and looked at some of the women that we've had showing up at um, there's been a few women that have been coming that really didn't even participate in the series they're just kind of racing out there um, you know clogging up points if you will but um, you know, it's been pretty competitive. So I've been really happy with my four fifth place finishes. It's got me sitting in, in fourth right now, but not everybody, you know, has their four races. Um, 
you know, because some have only done three or have only done two. Um, so that's what's really exciting about these series is they're just ever changing, you know, and you really don't know until you're ready to go into that last event, um, you know, what what you need. And, you know, you can't predict everything else. But um, that's, you know, what I've been really working at this year. I've been really excited to get, you know, those those finishes. Um, you know, I've, I've enjoyed that Savage got into a point series. I think it's made the year um, a little more exciting, um, especially for Savage with, um, you know, lot less competitive things available, I guess. Um, but I've been seeing, you know, four, 40, 50 women in those start lines, which has been nice at Savage. Um, you know, and that's the mandatory completion, which I like better. Um, and they've got some new obstacles out there this year. Um, so that's pretty cool, too. Um, are the but non I, so they're, they're just their series is prize money. So are the non prize money races are they do they still have same number of women at the start line for the elites? They actually are. You know, it's what's what's they're still. Um, I think there's that many people that just kind of love the savages, and then you have women that want to come out because it's not a series race, right? So they're maybe hoping it'll be less competitive. Yeah. Um, but you know, they did take the prize money off of those, and they are making the rigs a little harder on the non-series races, um, which, you know, and kind of talking about a, a business perspective, I can understand why um, if they're putting a series together, they, they may try to leave their like absolute like killer rigs off of it because you want to encourage people to be able to participate. And if you start having, you know, these rigs where you're only getting, 25% of your pro women finishing, you're now not going to have women that are like able to like even be in your pool of, of a point series, you know? Mm. Um, so I, I can understand from a business perspective again, there why, cause I know some people have kind of said, Oh, but the, the rigs have gotten, you know, it's that that's really the only kind of thing I've heard about, about their series, but um, I can understand why they do, you know, because if, if you make them too hard and people can't do it, then, you got no points where at least like with the way a Spartan set up, you're going to finish, right? Like even if you're slower because you have to run loops or even do burpees, you're going to finish. But when you have people DNFing, they get zero points. And you know, we're still having women DNF at these um, point series races. But um, I will say that for, you know, anyone that may want to come out and try a Savage and, you know, wants to try, some people love those rigs. Um, I would check a non-series race because um, they've been putting some really fun, difficult ones out. Yeah, good points. So earlier we were talking about, you know, making money from OCR, but not in the traditional prize money way, or at least, you know, helping cover costs and stuff like that. And I know you've got a you've got a pretty good relationship going that has helped you get to some of the Savage races. Yeah, I've been um, super blessed this year. I've got an opportunity working with Hoist. Um, so I've been, you know, working their tent for them at the events, which has been sort of a dream come true because I've been competing in the morning um, with the pro wave. And then as soon as I finish, I, you know, I'm working at the 10, I'm getting to talk to all the finishers because if you haven't done a savage race, hoist is their finish line drink. So, you know, when you cross that finish line and you're gassed and you need a refuel, um, you know, they've got hoist, which is an electrolyte recovery drink. It doesn't have caffeine or um, really low sugar, but um, anyway, that's been such a rewarding experience for me because I get to meet all of these racers and not even just pro racers, but, you know, everybody throughout the day is coming by there and getting a drink. And so I get to talk to people about, you know, hey, was this your first time doing this? And it's yeah. just incredible the people you meet. I um, love 
I love it. And that to me, like that's a perfect that's a perfect pairing, a perfect relationship. Because again, you're getting an athlete, you're getting someone who knows the sport, who knows the culture, and then to kind of like compete in the morning. I, I think if anyone can mirror that model in other brands or for other products, I, to me that just seems like a really good uh, relationship that's well, beneficial to every party involved. Oh, I love it. I mean, because I can talk. I could literally run my mouth about obstacle course racing all day and just like the energy of getting to meet people and having done the race, like getting to ask them, you know, well, what did you think? Well, why did you, you know, it's so funny when you meet someone, you know, it was this your first race. Yeah. And my friends signed me up and I yeah. didn't even know. And, you know, like, you know, some of what you see. And then I love, you know, you know, I'll have like, you can tell it's like a mother and like a mother and daughter doing it together. I mean, just all of the people um, that you get to see stepping out of the elite pro racing. But then of course, you know, people ask me, well, wait, you did it. Cause I mean, I, I look athletic, so it's nice to be able to share that. So, I mean, yeah. that's what I've been doing this year and it's been probably the most rewarding thing I've done and it's enabled me to continue racing. Um, you know, but that's just, that's made my Savage Race year even more special because, um, you know, not only am I getting to go compete, but I'm getting to really just hang out there during the day and be deep in it. You know, you're yeah. giving people that cold drink when they finish probably the hardest thing they've ever done in their life. Um, and, you know, you get to congratulate people and, you know, just see the camaraderie amongst people that do these things together in an even in the non-competitive way, which I, I really it just brings me kind of more naturally back to kind of the core of the sport and like what why I signed up. Um you know, and, and all that. So yeah, I've been at hoist. So if anybody's, you know, hitting up a savage race this year, definitely come by the hoist tent, introduce yourself and say hello. Absolutely. I think I'm not a hundred percent positive on this, but I think Robert Killian have done, has done something similar with some national guard recruiting stuff where he's like actually st stuck around afterwards and hung around like the national guard tent at some Spartan races. I could be wrong, but I'm like 90% sure I saw that on social media. So yeah. And I, and I have people like, come up to me like oh my gosh hey you know I, I follow you on Instagram it's so nice to meet you and you know it's so cool that you're here so it's like all, like that how not that that happens like all the time or anything but like you know I experience stuff like that and it's just so cool to um you know because so many times we like get our award and leave you know yeah. like or, or, or you didn't get an award so you just kind of change your clothes and and leave so it, it has me there till the end of the day and it's like really cool um to get to also like be the savage team is just like an awesome group. I mean, that's just such a, a, a well-run, you know, organization and, and, and business. So like, I love working with them too. Um, but you know, I've really gotten to know the hoist company, um, their team, you know, they're, they're a great group of people. They have great values. So I've just, I feel super blessed, um, for that. So hope, hoping that I can continue that, um, as a way to stay in the sport and get to be around it because who wouldn't want to spend their Saturday, handing people drinks that just finished a savage race you know like it's yeah. just super fun <laughs> you know and you mentioned having the team like the set the savage team i feel like and i i could be wrong i feel like a lot of the people that work on savage have been there for a while like i feel like there's a lot of they continuity have. in that brand yeah so that shows the vitality and like health yeah. of a business like they're I mean, I, I don't think you could get a job at Savage Race if you wanted one because no one will give up their job. Like, they're the people, you know, they're cut, Laura the runs their customer service. She's been the person that's been answering emails since 2015 for the registration. Like, their build crew, their merch crew, I mean, their, their DJ, I mean, they have the same people. Um, and so, like, they're just organized and decisions can be made there too. It's not like this yeah, big yeah. entity where so something happens and nobody knows what to do. You know, they just like, 
fix stuff as it goes. But yeah, right. super, super great group. Kind of the best with. of the best of the big business and the best of the small business kind of role. They really on. are. It's like they're they're big enough to be organized, but small enough to still care about each individual racer. Yeah. Um, so so I did a Tough Mudder Infinity. What location was that? I can't even keep my locations. Pittsburgh? Where was I? Pennsylvania? I don't know. Somewhere in Pennsylvania. I did. Is that the- where your flight got really messed up? No, I mean, so that was last year. I did that. Okay. That was last year. That was a lot. That happens you, to you a lot, actually. I, that was the year I slept, I slept in an airport the night before yeah. a, uh, a 12-hour race, which is not recommended. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I still showed up the next morning. My fl- my luggage went to New York. My parents had to pick it up from New York and drive it to Pennsylvania. I flew to Pennsylvania. It was a disaster. But I came in third uh, for that one after redlining. I mean, I the video of me crossing the finish line on that one, someone got a video. I look like trash, like I mean, like it's some of the worst I've ever looked crossing a finish line ever. Like I'm staggering and like they're filming and like, I don't even know I'm being filmed. I'm just like, like trying not to black out. It was, it was, it was pretty rough. Um, but so I did, I did tough mother infinity and you know, the last two years, so 2022 and 2021, I, I ran tough mother's infinite hero honor challenge. So their uh, charity eight hour team building event type event. And I'd gotten to know a lot of the staff cause I'd, I'd show up on build uh, essentially the day before and kind of help set up the course for the, my specific part and got to interact with them. So I went back this year and it was, I was talking to them. I was like, oh, you know, I saw a couple of people I recognize, Chris Maltby, the race director, and uh, one of the people who works with some of the marketing people, Britta. Um, and I was, so I was asking, I was like, oh, is, uh, you know, I haven't seen Stephanie. Is she around? They're like, oh, no, she left a couple months ago. Oh, is Lucy around? No, she left uh, like she left like <laughs> over a year ago. And I was like, these were people that were like, they seemed vital to the success of the operation. And I think, you know, sometimes as a racer, you assume, oh, well, Tough Mudder's been around for a dozen years or Spartan's been around for a dozen years or Rugged Maniac. And you're like, so they should be better at everything. But sometimes people forget, like, the staff is constantly changing. So sometimes you don't quite get that continuity you'd expect out of a big, big business. So it was. Uh, yeah. And they're so big that, like, it, you have, like, different operating teams. Yeah. It gets harder. It's just like any big business. Everything has to go through like a board of a board, like, you know, more hands before it can be approved. Um, you know, but, but I guess it's a good problem to have to grow. But um, yeah. and know. the so, so interesting about Tough Mudder Infinity, the one I went to. So one, they moved all the penalties to the pit area. So like you'd finish the your lap and then like essentially tell them based off the number of wristbands you had, like how many I how many obstacles you failed and you had to have you do the penalty there. Uh, which I don't think to me wasn't a better system. Um, no, because then to... you're just backlogging like a bunch of penalties all at once. Yeah, but like, like, you know, they were supposed to look at the number of bracelets you had on, and then from that they could tell you how many obstacles you failed. But I don't know if people didn't look at my bracelets because they did because they knew who I was, or if they were like they just weren't being very good about looking at bracelets, right? So I mean, well, I know. Could you just take the bracelet off, like while like if so, you want, like if, so, if you really wanted to cheat, couldn't people just be like? I'm just going to throw this bracelet on the ground. So right. you're, you're supposed to have six bracelets. So you're supposed to, for infinity, there's not an obstacle bypass. It's You have six bracelets, and if you fail an obstacle, you take one off. So if you came across the finish line with less than six bracelets, you're supposed to do the penalty. Okay, okay, you take them off. I thought they were giving yeah. you the bracelet if you failed, and I'm like, well, don't people just throw it away? But, but the okay. like, you know, I saw people... So when we finished, and then then you're supposed to check in. You're, they were supposed to. Get, you're supposed to turn in all six of your bracelets and be like, all right, well, you don't have to do any penalties. Yeah. So your time stops now. But I saw people finish, and like some of them were wearing like two bracelets, and I was like, well, did you just do pen- four penalties or no? Like, did you just 
use them as bypass bracelets on your last lap and no one spot checked you at the end. So I'm not sure that was a better system. Um, I guess we'll see how it plays out later this year. And then um, the, so my other, I love, so I love Tough Mudder, right? I mean, if you look at my, yeah. how many tough, I've done 50 plus events, you know, I've got more than a dozen. How many years podiums. of your life have you spent on a Tough Mudder course? Oh, it's obnoxious. It's uh, not the years, but I, I mean, I've cumulatively, I spent more than a month of my life running OCR. Um, and a good portion of that is on Tough Mudder courses. Um, right. Cause I've done what eight or I think eight, eight world's toughest. So that's eight days right there. And I've done, yeah. If you just do toughest and world's toughest, I mean, that's, you know, I'm, I'm at over two weeks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. So yeah, I love them as a brand. Uh, if I had shown up to this infinity and this was my first experience with tough money in the competitive category, I don't think I would have come back. Right. Cause I crossed the finish line and I was like, well, what place am I in? And they're like, we don't know. I was like, maybe you don't know what place I'm in. Like I just, I ran for nine hours. You don't know what place I'm in. Um, so there was, there was some confusion. So there's, you have to run a 15 K loop and then a five K loop or yeah, I'm sorry. You have to run a 15 K loop and then you can either run a five K or continue to run 15s, except the five K loop was a little bit long. It was six K. It wasn't five K. And then they started counting the five K loops as six K in the official results. So if you thought you were ahead of someone that might not be true because they were running six K loops. When but nobody thought, measured the distance of the loop before race day? I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, the, the point is you didn't – like, so I remember being yeah. on course that last lap, and at, people were asking each other, like, what lap are you on and, like, how many of each one have you done? And people – I know for a fact because I watched it happen, and I, I did it to people, right? Like, sometimes you'd let someone go or you'd outrun someone or, or they'd let you go because you're like, oh, well, that guy's a lap ahead of me, so why am I going to try to run him down? But because of the 6K – loops you, that necessarily wasn't true so the results were yeah the results were a disaster um, which is all fine if it's not a competitive wave right like, but, but it was competitive it was yeah. so the, the official results have me listed as third they said I, when i checked in they said i was the third person to check in but i don't i'm not i'm not 100 percent that's true so like i in my like personal results on my webpage, i just listed it as top 10 i was like third ish third it's somewhere <laughs> between third and 10 i don't know yeah. um it's probably closer to third than it is to 10, but I, I just don't feel comfortable being like, yeah, I finished third. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it's, it was, you know, very frustrating. You know, you run for nine hours. I want to know where I finished. Yeah. Oh, you know. yeah. Especially if you're expecting a competitive wave. Right. Um, so hopefully they fix that. And, you know, historically, the 5K loop's always a little bit long. <laughs> is, it, oh, is it 6K long? Usually not. It's usually not that off, but it's always usually more than 5K yeah, but again, that's all fine, but usually you should a race team should measure the distance of their loop correct for race day. Or Just, or at least announce it, right? Like at the start line be like, "Hey, yeah. the 5k loop's actually 6k, so your 5k laps will account for 6k. So do that math as you are figuring out mileage and blah 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 and placement and anyway." Uh so I'm oh. That was a piece of uh, man. That was a piece of my dragon skull from Mythic Race. I don't know if you heard that bang, but it just uh, one of <laughs> one of the uh, horns just fell off. So anyway, Tough Motor Infinity. Uh, let's jump back over to you um, for yeah. hybrid events, just, and then I got one yeah, more to I've talk been, about. Yeah, I've got um, just also trying to dabble in when I haven't been. OCRing, which has been a lot. Um, I've been dabbling in a little bit of, of hybrid stuff, more functional fitness. So I did um, two things that were hosted in Nashville. One was an individual fit games. One was a partner. Um, and these were 
indoor, like more indoor CrossFit type movements, um, you know, a, a little bit of functional stuff with like some med balls. But, you know, what the individual I did had like a workout where you had a hundred pound dead ball and you had to do 20 over the shoulders with it. And there was a five minute cutoff on the workout. And there was like five, five workouts in the day. And that was one of them. And that was sort of an individual. So um, I've been, you know, kind of dabbling in stuff like that and really enjoying um, kind of going inside, you know, I've done a high rocks before I've done a deck of fit. I've really enjoyed those, um, but have wanted to think about um, as much as I love obstacle racing and, and want to stay in it. Um, I would love to continue to, you know, work with hoist and savage if I can, you know, into next year, but um, maybe taking out some of the Spartans and other ones and, and trying some more strength stuff, you know, cause it's kind of nice to be inside, you know, there's like, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's water fountains and that's, music and um, you know, I'm, I mean, not, that's part of it. Not, not really, but I mean, it's just a different vibe. It's a different challenge. Um, so I've been kind of dabbling in that, you know, I did participate in the go Ruck games this year, which was um, a really tough event for me. It was a full weekend where we um, really were told to bring a sleeping bag and camping gear. And we got brought somewhere and didn't know where we were going to be and camped out for the weekend and didn't get much sleep and did um, eight different evolutions that um, were pretty tough. We did, you know, a 16 mile beach rock at night. Um, we did some really heavy sandbag workouts. We did the basic fitness test they did that had like four parts in it. One, one of them being the hundred pound mile, um, which in itself is like a monster. Um, but you know what, one thing that I experienced a little bit with that event this year is they had a lot more like tactical skills built in. Um, so we did have like a workout with actually firing live weapons, which was, um, something that I just didn't have the skill in that some of the other women did and, you know, some like rope tying. And, you know, I thought that was really cool that go rock brought in more of their like military roots mm. um, into the competition in that way. But for me as an athlete, I just didn't fare as well in it. Um, you know, based on my, my skill set. we had some one workout with like an open water swim at night. And that just was another area where I just was not as strong. Um, so, you know, I got a good, I got a, Good have you done open water swimming before once but okay. um it is a different yeah. animal for anyone who's it never is. done it before it is because you're like because you're like oh open water swimming it's fine I'd like it's just like the pool except like you know you can't see lane lines you you, no. you swim at odd angles because you don't have the ropes in the wall and the lane lines keeping you straight yeah oh, you gotta no. you got a sight right like it is it is and then this like also, we also did it at night which was really scary for me yeah. Um, and then you're staring into you know, the abyss, right? Like you're staring, you can't see into the water, right? So that freaks people out. Um, yeah, and we're in outside of like Jacksonville. There's like alligators in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> For real, there are alligators in Florida. Like, you know, I mean, I'm just not, I'm also just not the strongest swimmer. Um, so, I mean, that that's my own fault, you know, there. But I did have a great time at that event. It made me super uncomfortable. Um, even just having us camping outside, no showers. Um you know, eating the, you know, freeze dried camping meals, um, just like really kind of all levels of uncomfortable. So I really did enjoy um, that. So I'm just looking this year at trying to find like new sports and, and stuff to, to get uncomfortable, kind of in a hybrid. There's all these, what's amazing is just like obstacle course racing, there's all these new sports that exist. Yeah. You know, all these things you can do. I've actually thought, Evan, about doing a strongman competition because they have weight classes right. where, you know, I could go and I'd be doing weight. I think they have like a 
maybe women's is like under 150 pounds is like their their smallest weight class but then you know i could go into that and and you know do those weights but i've thought about doing that so i'm just excited to try some more of of that stuff this year and and i might make it out to a high rocks i'm looking at potentially going to texas in um in november and doing that so cool that sounds cool i mean i think that's the type of person who likes high rocks who likes go rock who likes is also like the type of person who likes ocr right it's unconventional fitness is not necessarily doing the same movements over and over yeah. again it's i like the chaos it's a little bit of chaos. yeah it's chaotic you don't know what you're getting every time you know it's yeah different terrain different obstacles different order you know it's kind of a little bit of preparing for the unknown and to me that that's what makes obstacle course racing interesting right it's on any given especially mandatory completion obstacle racing words on any given day it could be anyone's day for success based on oh yeah the weather, weather you know yep. the 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 placement of it one person the lanes of the obstacles are different sometimes you, yeah. you know where you step how you you know but it, it's funny Evan because I was thinking like I was gonna say um that you know after doing my 105 500 uh my 105 mile 500 obstacle fundraiser last year um uh, you know I've really kind of stepped out of endurance and I was like you know this year I don't think I'm really gonna do much, much endurance anymore I'm just kind of like over it you know over beating my body down like that but then uh, my sister's actually crewed and paced a friend at Western States this weekend. So I was watching that and uh, I was like, ooh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> watching these people like barely like stumble across the finish line. And I'm just like, ooh, like getting the little itch, um, you know, because I, I, I thought I was going to maybe pull out of endurance racing. But maybe, maybe I'll just sign up for like a 50K trail race or something just to get a little hurt. Um, but do, do you have any endurance stuff coming up? Um, so I, w I was possibly going to Lebanon for a Hannibal race. I think, I don't think my work is going to approve it. They, the army, uh, is not fond of people vacationing in Lebanon right now. So, um, <laughs> they, you know, also the same army that's like, Hey, uh, good, uh, we're going to send you to Iraq. Uh, watch out. There are bombs literally everywhere. Good luck. So, um, they're, they're surprisingly risk averse in a lot of things. Um, so I don't think the Lebanon thing is going to pan out for me personally because uh, I can't get approvals to work in time. So I'm likely doing Toughest Motor 12-hour in Minneapolis. And then when is that? It's about two weeks from today. So. Okay. And then I'll probably do, I'll do Toughest Motor in September as well in Pittsburgh. Again, I can't – somewhere in Pennsylvania, wherever the East Coast one is. Um, and then I think I got one more Infinity on my books. Uh, maybe Chicago, I want to say it is. I haven't been uh, – my schedule is a little bit chaotic between work and, you know, some personal stuff. So I've been – I kind of look a, a month or two out at a time and focus on that, knowing that, you know, World's Toughest Mudder is always the big A race of the year. So, you know, yeah, i got to so keep, my endurance. That, I gotta keep my endurance. i got to keep my endurance up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's in Texas? Texas, yeah. Galveston, okay. I want to say. Um, I think it's – is it the same weekend as Sat when Do you know the date off the top of your head? It's uh, like November 3rd, 4th that weekend. It's a week earlier than it usually is. Okay, so I, think I think it's the week before the last Savage Race Series race. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so hard to only have one body and not be able to, yeah. to do all of them. But I did, I did say I was going to kind of pull out of endurance. I, I think my – I'm on the fence. I think my one endurance event this year is um, GORUCK has a – they do a little rucking world championship Um and it's in October, 
and they have a 50 miler. So it'd be 50 miles with 20 pounds on my back. So I was thinking that might give me a good enough, you know, hurt like I'm looking for. Mm. Good stuff. So I, might, I might do that. We'll see. I guess I should start training if I think I'm going to do that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good call, you know. Um, yeah. But again, your your baseline is fairly high, so I, yeah. you know, honestly, I'll just muscle couple, my way through with it. <laughs> a, a couple of weeks of focus work and uh, some, yeah. you know, conditioning, especially for like you know, getting used to the weight on your shoulders and, you know, make yeah. sure you're, uh, depending on what shoes you're going to wear or, you know, whatever their foot requirements is. So for, for military courses, you typically have to wear boots, right? Uh, I imagine yeah, you, theirs you can wear. Okay. You can wear whatever. So a little less important for military courses. You need to specifically yeah. break in two pairs of boots yeah. and they both have you to better be wear those boots before, before race day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, so you, you need two pairs. Cause again, one of them will always get wet. So you always have to have like a backup. Um, yeah, I actually just got their new uh, Mac V2s Go Ruck put out um, a, a new version of the rucking boot, and they're actually really nice. And I've traditionally been someone that has been moving fast enough that I do most of my rucking in like road shoes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and then Go Rucks actually also just put out a road shoe as well. So they're oh, getting nice. into the um, the the footwear foot, footwear business as well. So I'm you know, really hoping I've heard that on something like that, it's honestly your, your footwear is the most important thing because that yeah. your feet can just tear up, but we'll see. Yeah. And um, that makes everything exponentially more painful. And the go ruck guys, yeah. they're all ex, ex soft, uh, special operations forces. A lot of them are green berets. So they, they know what they're doing. They know what they're, you know, they're, they're testing their own product and uh, putting it through the paces. So I, I, yeah. I, do, I do not own any of their stuff personally, but I, I would absolutely recommend it uh, just from knowing who they are. And then again, having friends like we had Ronald on uh, Tortola on the podcast. Oh yeah, couple, he's awesome. Yeah, a couple uh, months, years, I don't know, a year ago, something like that. And he was like, he was like, oh yeah, I do all these endurance events, and my Go Ruck stuff is still like a hundred percent good to go. And it's like, yeah, not surprised. Yeah, their stuff is built though, and they also um, like if it breaks, they will fix it for free too. So it's like, you yeah, know, we're you for. Yeah, you. I mean, yeah, you do. I mean, they're they're pricey, but um, you know, people invest. You see these like rucks that you can tell people have just like sweated their guts out for like years in, you know. But um, it's a it's a cool community, Evan. I've really like enjoyed getting to to know them. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of cool people. Again, all these different sports that have have ninja warrior rucking, obstacle course racing, strongman, like this hybrid fitness stuff that's coming out. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, so last race I want to talk about, we mentioned something about it earlier. We're talking about people starting off way, coming out real hot. So I went down and did Wichita Gladiator Dash. It's a local event. It's been going on for, I don't know, nine years, something like that, eight years. Um, and it's always it always conflicts with another event. It usually conflicts with like Conquer the Gauntlet or Battle of the Lions or um, I think conflicted with uh, my OCR Everest, my endurance charity thing from last year. Um so I finally had a, it finally was on a free weekend this year. So I went down to it and it's just like the Thor obstacle race in Wichita fall and Wichita fall. This one's in Wichita, Kansas. And it is in a park, like in the city. Again, I'm like, I'm in Wichita. I get off at an exit, drive a mile off the highway, park in a park and there's the race. Right. So that was cool. Um, uh, plenty of parking. They had a really cool VIP experience. Um, so like if you, as an elite, I think you got automatically got entrance to the VIP tent which was cool. So the VIP tent That's was like a, across a little bridge. So you had like your own area to put your stuff in. You, I mean, people could still theoretically steal it, right? But you're less concerned about people stealing stuff in like 
an area that they have paid access for. Um, so that was cool. Um, if you were in the VIP tent after the race, you got as much beer as you wanted. It was like unlimited beer. I guess that's cool. <laughs> Doesn't do anything for me, but I thought it was like a cool me touch. Either. And they had like unlimited snacks too. They had like peanuts and some other like chips. All right. I'll, I'll, now I can hang with the unlimited snack part. That's, that so, sounds nice. That's nice. What a good yeah. idea to have like a sweet. And yeah. And again, it's been going on for like eight years and, um, you know, it's, one of the one of the guys who I ran the siege with, he was on the podcast last year, um, talking about a little race in Garden City, Kansas. Uh, came out and he's like, "Yeah, I my house is literally like a couple of blocks from here." And I was like, "That's a pretty sweet. That's a local race. Like I've 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 never had a race that local. That's awesome." Um, but the the you know the again smaller race, you're like, "Oh, it shouldn't be too competitive." And we show up, and again, it's with they had very few technical obstacles, and like it looked like the high school cross-country team came out to, to run oh, those cross little cross-country oh, boys goodness <laughs> the race started and i was like what in the heck is going on i'm in like i so i was in like 17th place you know like a half mile in i was like what is going on and then yeah, i just those guys they can run like 15 minute 5k oh and then we finally started hitting like water crossings and a couple of like relatively easy obstacles and they're again their heart rates would spike and they would start slowing or they realized they went out too fast and I slowly worked my way back up all the way back into fourth for a little bit. And then with about a mile and a half left, I moved into third and uh, I ended up holding that for the end of the race. Um, so. But you have that moment where you start where you're just like, is this my day? Like, is yeah. this oh, 100 percent. We're this like a half mile day? in and I'm I like, just... I'm like, I think I'm washed up. I'm like, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is the line in the sand. Where it's all downhill from here, and I start losing every race I run. Exactly. Like, I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I'm washed up. I'm over forty. This is the end. You know, I was just like, and then I, I just slowly started picking people off, and then uh, again, we actually hit some obstacles. Um, they, they had some, re- they had some really cool things. They had uh, some tractor trailer trucks with like like a flatbed tractor trailer that you essentially, it's low. It's you know, it's like three feet off the ground, four feet off the ground, whatever it is. So they 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 back those up. So you climbed over those as two of obstacles. Um, they had like big empty dumpsters. Uh, again, they were empty, but again, essentially you, you had to go climb over into it and then climb over out of it. You had to do that on two different ones. So it was nice. Like, I like how they use uh, some of the resources they have available. Right. Cause what do I care if it's a wooden, like manicured wall, or if it's a dumpster, like, I don't care as long as it's a wall that I physically have to use energy to get over right yeah yeah that's fun and that's again that vibe that you really can get into some different unique stuff when you go to these local races and it's not like you know the the standard obstacles it's like they're putting stuff together hey this would be a good idea yeah. or, or being able to use the natural terrain of a spot or something that's at the location um you know as an obstacle that's always cool too yeah and, and they did that so the um there was like one hill that we did a there's like one hill in the middle of this random park so you do a sandbag climb up it head back into the festival area. And I was like, oh, I can turn on the jets now. We're, we're about to finish. I go across the monkey bars, which is like the only technical obstacle, which is fairly easy. And instead of taking a right into the finishing chute, we took a left and like went into the swamp. And it was like a quarter mile water movement. And I was like, what in the hell? So I thought I was done. You know, I'm back out into the into the water. And then I, um, you kind of run back around into a mud pit. And then they had, this was really cool. So the, uh, the festival area had again the main festival area, and I mentioned there was like there's like a it looked like essentially a river of mud with a, a bridge over it, and then there was the VIP area. So the 
to finish the race, you did like over under these walls and then crawled under the bridge that people were walking over to get to the VIP area. Uh, but that's fun to spectate. <laughs> it's super fun to spectate. And there was this there was this dude who was standing there all day, like this jack dude drinking a beer and just like yelling at people. It was amazing. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this man made made my day. So uh Oh yeah. Like look at these crazy people. But that that is fun when you can get um like good spectator um like visibility. One thing, um, just to add a, one quick comment, I was gonna say one thing I love about the way savagery sets theirs up is they actually mark out a spectator room. So I don't mm. know if you've seen that, but they actually have it like on their course map. There's like yellow signs so that spectators, and they always try to make it like, you know, where it's not, you're not dragging people out like two miles up a hill. Right. But where they can actually like visibly see um, there instead of like keeping people locked in like a festival area. Right. Like they actually designate a spectator route um, on all of their courses so that if you're watching your loved ones, there's like a kind of safe contained path that you can take and um, it's marked to get there. So I've always thought that was pretty cool because um, people love to watch their like spouses and parents and stuff like do these things. Um, yeah. So that, that's one thing that I've noticed. I don't really see that at a lot of other races, like an actual spectator route as part of the course. Yeah. Um Tough except Mudder usually that, does it. Yeah. Yeah, except the bridge. You get to watch people go under the Yeah. It was pretty cool. <laughs> they also had a different finisher medal for the elites, which was kind of cool. Uh so it was like oh, a nice cool. one. And then like the open waivers had a it's more like a dog tag type finisher medal. So it was kind of it, it was like visibly nicer, the elite finisher medal, which was nice. Um they did they did do timing chips, although like your timing chip, um, so they kind of like conquer the gauntlet used to do. It was like all the elites and the open waves mixed in there. So sometimes you get some like wonky results in there. Right. So like, yeah, because people that just like skip stuff or yeah. like, yeah. So like yeah. I finished third, but if you look at the online results, it shows me as fifth. And like my Thomas plush ran last year and he finished second. But if you look at the online results, it shows him third again, because you get people not doing the whole course or, you know, doing whatever. And, uh, but it was, it was fun. It was a close race. So uh, that's something I would go to again. Um, but again, just, Better, better bring the run, your running shoes, man, because those those cross country yeah, runners were cross country boys. You got to were burning it down, <laughs> burning it down. Yeah, and the first and second were they were they had a good lead over me going to the finish there. I was not, I couldn't even see them coming in. Uh, <laughs> All right, you still did good. You got those other guys. Yeah, again, I, those guys. I'm pretty sure the two people who beat me were like fresh out of high school. Like I, I mean, I'm talking graduated 2023. Type yeah. kids, you know, and I'm like, I graduated in 2000. Back yeah. in my day, <laughs> it's like, oh boy, <laughs> we didn't have obstacle course. We didn't even, back I'm, it, it wasn't even a sport. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you were doing but, the military for real. Yeah, I worked, I was in college ten technically, so I was not uh, not officially. I was a cadet at that point. But anyway, let's. Um, um all right final shout out you want to give we're gonna we gotta wrap things up here yeah um you know just thank you for having me shout out um again to you know to hoist for the opportunities that i've had with them and just absolutely love them and their crew and um for go ruck and um you know our team mud gear hannibal race pro team that um you know visiting hannibal race this year was probably one of the the highlights of my you know career as an athlete so just want to make sure i shout them out and really hoping for the chance to to get back out there and do that again and um i might be forgetting somebody but that that's all i got 
Gotcha. Yeah, and Hannibal Race has a race going on July 9th um, in London. Oh, I wish so. I could go. It's one of those I have two, only one body, you know, and I committed to something else. But so. I'm excited to see how, excited to see what the obstacles look like there and hoping that they put their uh, Kuwait race on the calendar next year. Yeah, make sure you check. So check out Hannibal Race official uh, Instagram and their Facebook for see some of the content from from that race and give that show them some love and some support because they've been uh, supporting us and you know yeah. giving giving some great opportunities. Uh, if you listen to my last podcast, I had Josh uh, Karate Combat Champion Josh Quayhagen on. The fight was last night. It is still it's for free. It's available on YouTube. Go and check it out. The owner of Karate Combat said it was quote. The possibly the best fight in karate combat history. The uh, Twitter users were saying the same thing. People said it was like a real life Rocky movie, like Rocky playing out in real life. So check out that uh, Strength and Speed was a supporting sponsor of him. So if you look at his social media, he tags Strength and Speed. He says thank you, uh, gives me a shout out, and then on top of that, so if you watch the actual fight, that's again for free on YouTube, Karate Combat or Karate uh, com, you can check that out. The, his corner man is wearing a T-shirt with like a bunch of sponsor logos on there. You can see the barbell wings. You can see the strength and speed logo on the back. So I just posted it to my cool. I just posted it to my Instagram page. Um, so check that out. It was pretty cool to see like be watching like a major fight, a championship fight, and um, seeing like the strength and speed logo on the back of the jersey. So that was pretty cool. Uh, great guy, and uh, I really enjoyed talking to him on the podcast. We might ha- we might have him back on afterwards. We'll see how he see if he wants to come back on and talk. But yeah, worth. Worth uh, worth some of your time. It's the it's the final fight in Karate Combat 40. Is the most recent YouTube video, um, Josh Quayhagen versus Raphael Agayev. So check that out. And other than that, we that. yeah we talked about some of like sponsors and supporting stuff. So my newest book, I have not edited it yet, but it is basically done. So you're gonna want to check that out. It's probably coming out maybe late 2023, maybe early 2024. Uh, it's called The Sponsored Athlete. Basically, I I lay out how I uh, personally and how I've seen uh, people like Rachel use sponsors and um, supporting brands to essentially reduce cost of racing and or make money, right? So not everyone's going to be able to be at a level where they can make money, but you can definitely like reduce costs and take something that's an expensive hobby and turn it into something that's not an expensive hobby or maybe even free and then maybe even make money if you're uh, savvy enough. So That sounds like a great book, Evan. That's a good idea. Yeah, I know. So I, I was looking because I, I, I'd never seen it online and it's not, you know, the, what I liked about it or I'm, I'm biased, obviously, because my book. Right. But, I, you know, I think the, the standard model for making money as an athlete is a win prize money at race and then B is become an influencer, have a million followers and make money from YouTube. To me, like those are the that's when people think about making money. Those are the two pathways yeah. to success. And, you know, I've I've made money off racing without having an enormous social media following. Um, and I have made money off of like prize money, but that's not how I primarily uh, yeah. create income from cool. racing or get, get perks from racing. So well, I'm think, looking forward to seeing that book launch. Yeah. So uh, make sure you check that out when it comes out. And then my other books are all available on strength, teamstrengthspeed.com. Blakemuts are all back in stock. Make sure you get those before Toughest Mudder. And I think that's about it. Rachel, thanks for coming on. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Evan. All right. We'll catch you later.